what are you insinuating? Mm. Okay, testing one, two. Hey, Borge, good evening. This is this raw. Is... Bro. <laughs> oh my god. Uh kasi wala wala talaga music eh. So I was like we we'll just we we'll just start. You know, let's just let's yeah, yeah, yeah. start. Yeah, yeah. This is a weird start. Anyway, so uh, actually as of okay, Borge, as of now <coughs> did I tell you uh what's the why Polisai our first episode of 2022 mm. is one of the top episodes I think. I uh, that's I think it stops within our top 10 episodes already like ever since 2020 to 2021 it's already mm-hmm. i think among the top already so people are interested in what we have to say about political science grave i mean i mean well, i think our, our, our audiences <laughs> are polsai students so mm. to our polsai student audience hello mm. uh, salamat sa mga ano colleague natin yung <laughs> Pinakakinggan sa estudyante nila. <laughs> Baka yun nga eh. Yun ang eh, dahilan. Ah, this would be a na. relatively part two. But again, mm. there's some loose ends that we can try to tie down. Mm. According to Paul's side. Masaya, masaya ka ba na ano, Paul's side ka? O, um, nasa agham pang politika? I, I'm, ju- I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just a Paul's side just to keep my empirical side. Mm. I'm in philosophy, so wow. I don't, I, I don't like the I don't like the philosophy without empirical data. It, it's it's, mm. it's basically bullshit. So that's why that's why mm. I'm keeping Paul's side. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. what do we what do we have? What are the loose ends that we left for the past uh, during the previous episode? So this is a famous like part two, you know, extra bonus features. Actually, inisip ko, I mean, binanggit ko dati na uh, mga political commentators ngayon ay hindi naman uh, political scientists, no? Hmm. Historians, sociologists, journalists. So, I, I want to, to ask... That, uh, most people can comment on politics. <laughs> most, almost everyone. Actually, kahit mga ta- nagtitiktok, di ba? Sometimes sila yung nag-aano ng politics. Kahit ano, like mm. even thirst posters actually, yung mm. nag-uubad sa Twitter and Instagram, like on, on a vote for Lenny, a vote for Marcos. Man. So it's like, but anyone, but what is something that we can say as political scientists and what these people, well, these people, I mean, of course, they're academics. So, so a lot of them are scholars mm. um, with similar tools, similar levels of objectivity as mm. we are. So are we saying, I, I just want to make clear, you know, that what what makes us different from them because while we respect their voice mm. as well, definitely, and re- recognize their contributions, how is political scientists different from a lot of social scientists commenting yeah, I, on politics? I, I think I, mm. I mentioned this one before. Mm. Uh, but I, I think it's time to raise this now. Mm. One part of me would say that I don't know. Uh, relatively more concerned. Again, just a disclaimer. Mm. I am, I am not against fencing, split uh, subjects. Mm. So I'm not fencing. Mm. I'm not against. Uh, not not really fencing, but I'm not against uh, extreme specialization. Right. So anyone can talk about politics. Anyone can comment about politics. But right. uh, even multidisciplinary studies does not entail, you know, uh, mindless. Combinations, <laughs> so yeah, there there must be distinctions between disciplines, and and I think it's it's not about our method per se. Uh, I can say that we we are comparative 
comparative politics is what separates us from everyone else. So anyone can comment about politics. A political scientist, we are the ones doing comparative politics. We are the ones trying to find the root causes and essences behind uh, whatever mm. other people can comment on. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as uh, I can observe, mm-hmm. historians, sociologists, or you know, a- any academic in other fields, mm. what separates political scientists, what should separate political scientists from other mm. disciplines is that we do not settle. You do not settle down. Uh, mm. Because his, uh, as far as my, what I have heard among historians commenting on politics, among mm-hmm. other disciplines, they're easy to settle down regarding politics. They're easy to settle down on their mm. values and their convictions. And political scientists, it's, it's our task not to settle down on our convictions. We have our own convictions. Mm-hmm. You and I have our own convictions, but mm-hmm. we don't settle down. So mm. we, we don't leave any stone un- unturned in mm-hmm. discussing public affairs. So we don't leave anything sacred in politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far as the, uh, what I've seen in Twitter. So uh-huh. they're easy to lay oh, down. Twitter By the way, welcome to Twitter board. <laughs> I'm just spectating. Uh, but yes, uh, they're easy to lay down on their convictions. You know, if, if, if you start prodding on their anything sacred, they would right. just say, eh, it's not supposed to be questioned. You know, I, I, that's, I was curious about that. You know, you mentioned like, uh, what made you say that they're content or with this thing? That like, you have an example? Maybe Are you saying, is, is this a recent thing that we perhaps both of us observed? <laughs> no, for example, the Edsa thing. So the Edsa thing. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the example of is Edsa revolution or not? So, mm. Sapayon. Yeah. So they would rather they would rather anchor whatever their convictions are on a very yeah. shallow definition of revolution just to prove their point. Yeah. While we well, we're not mm. content. Right. You're you the know, one who knows let me better. Just... See, sa Twitter. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, let me just add some context. Uh, there were a lot during that week of like of Edsa. There were a lot of spaces you know twitter spaces where people can talk and uh and of course i went in one of them and of course and of course they're very nostalgic they're talking about ah we have to remember what edsa means you have to remember that you know they're also you know busting myths you know or busting lies about the you know about historical inaccuracies and interpretations and so of course while this was celebratory you know I came in like a wrecking ball and saying, okay, but there's some, what is it about Edsa that people are getting wrong? Like you have to remember that um, in a way, basically in short, people thought I said Edsa is a failure. Of course, I'm not the first one to claim it, but I'm just saying, so what should we learn from the, in a way, the shortcomings of the Edsa narrative? Because clearly, and again, I'm not the only one to claim this, but the Edsa narrative has causing people to go into Edsa fatigue. And of course, the uh, a lot of people, you know, in the space were you know, activists. A lot of them were, you know, historians, sociologists, and they didn't take that very well. Hence, you know, you've said that they're they become content with saying that oh, something like Edza yeah. is a revolution. When you doubt that, you know, weird. Lang, I even talked to some of the people that well, some people I actually are good. I find good acquaintances with. You know, I'm mm. respect, and I said so. Is everything okay between us? It's like, yeah, it's like 
like, are you sure? Uh, uh, you, are you sure we're okay? Because you seem to take it badly. It's like, why do you take it badly? And I said, and I think the one of them said to me to the point that because we're Filipinos, <clears throat> like, so automatically as a Filipino citizen, <laughs> you have to assume or defend the idea that EDSA is a revolution. But I don't know. I mean, of course, again, I, I'm not the only one who's claimed that EDSA is a revolution. Uh, uh, questioned it. Uh, in fact, I was a bit more optimistic with that. I have We have to, you know, maintain it, but I'm, I'm a bit, I've changed a bit with that. But maybe mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, like, why is it important to question like this particular event? You know, mm-hmm. why why can't we just let people call it the revolution? Because it is... Again, uh, the concepts that we use would entail the meanings that we circulate. That's, that's my problem with that. The, the, the concepts mm-hmm. that we use would entail the meanings that we circulate. So if they want to you know, circulate the meaning that revolution is simply a change of government or a change of regime. Mm-hmm. What, what, will, what, what will that entail is that you are now narrowing the possibilities of a more drastic revol- revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're making people settle for less if you would define it in such a way. Now, is it a valid definition? Is it not a valid definition? I would go pragmatic on this one. Uh, what would you call the revolution of the communists, the SCPP and PA? What, what would you call the, Are they a revolutionary movement? <laughs> well, so, it's an unfinished revolution and it's the longest running revolution. But it's weird. You have to judge revolution based on its fruits. And how do you, what are the fruits of the ongoing uh, com- okay. Filipino communist revolution. Okay. Uh, yeah. reg- regarding ju- judging it based on its fruits, again, that's also where they lie down. That's mm-hmm. they're judging it on based on their fruits. Eh? I would agree with them. A regime, uh, an administration was uh, torn down to an extent. Mm, right. But again, comparing it is, and then this is where our discipline comes in. Mm-hmm. You need to compare it mm-hmm. with other revolutions, contemporary and within a reasonable yeah. time frame. Mm. Which, well, what could be a reasonable event to compare it with? First, uh, one would be the, uh, hmm, what are the more recent revolutions? Uh, the mm-hmm. revolutions that came after it would be one example. The European, uh, the, the, that led to the collapse of the Soviet Union. <clears throat> mm-hmm. that, that's not a mere change of regime. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, a big, yeah. that, that's basically overhauling political structures, and not, not right. only at the constitutional level. Same problem, if you would just define it as a change of constitutions. Uh, yeah. That would that would fly in the face of revolutions from previous centuries, and that would fly in the yeah. face of revolutions in the future. Mm. Yeah, I remember now that I well, to be honest, if you judge by its fruits to an extent, I think there are, it was successful in changing the regime. I think we conceded I during the uh, exchange, I conceded that. But again, my argument is that a revolution is a superlative event or a high degree of change, where the change outlived the immediate, well, mm. af- like after effects of the event itself. Mm. But and I think to be in order for it to be fair, I even said that perhaps it it hasn't failed, but it is failing. It's mm. perhaps it's incomplete in its failure. Yeah, fair. <laughs> but you know what? Whether or not re- I even conceded that whether or not it is a revolution would depend on what we do. Mm. And I think it's not just bashing EDSA for the sake of bashing it. It's to motivate perhaps greater action while 
even like recycling or even mm. salvaging, you know, without throwing the baby with the bathwater. Mm. The what's can be good learned from at the Edsa revolution. Let's call it, if mm. you can call it a revolution, fine. It changed mm. the regime. But what else did that? Well, I think a few people continued to they continue to hound me for like days and reply. It is. Oh, may, may sinasabi yeah. na 1986 constitution, which I actually use the same example as <sighs> you did, like I, I, I said to you in our Edsa episode. And mm. of course, I think the I think this is a new one, the allergy towards the extension of terms. Mm. You know, people said that if if someone tries to, for example, change it to parliamentary mm. or change the term lengths or ter- um, then I think it, almost immediately civil society and citizens would be activated say, no, that's like Marcos, which I think that that one attitude might be one of the remnants of EDSA. Mm. But again, whether or not this is enough to call it a revolution is, well, is debatable. What do you think? No, no, no. It, it is debatable, but again, are they siding with the cheap or the high mm. value definition? Yeah. Uh, regarding your concern about it outliving uh, the event itself, that uh. is secondary to the depth. If it's deep, it would outlive. That's mm-hmm. one thing. Did okay. EDSA achieve anything deep other than the change mm. of constitution? And the problem is this mm. legalistic mm. perspective on politics would reduce everything to constitutions. Right. If the constitution is going system, no. Did EDSA change social economic conditions or relationships? No. Did it change right. social cultural relationships to an extent probably? But mm. again, it changed, uh, it changed things. It changed a lot. I would I would admit that one, but it, it is it deep enough? I think that's mm. a question that they are trying to avoid. Mm. Is it deep enough? I, yeah. Are the fundamentals affected? Did we did we destroy oligarchies? Mm. <laughs> did we destroy oligarchs? Plain and simple question. Did the Edsa revolt yeah, clearly no. destroy oligarchs? Mm. So Actually, nandiyan pa yung mga Marcos Cronis. Eh. Nandiyan may mga Ongpin, yung mga Bonedicto, yung mga ano. They're still alive, running around, still pretty rich. So, yeah, is it? So, yeah. ano yan eh. Uh, Filipino political history, sadly, is a history of selling ourselves cheap. Mm. Selling yeah, our right. yeah. selling our notion of leadership cheap. Selling our notion of citizenship cheap. Even now, they're selling the notion of revolution cheap. Yeah, and it's funny because again, I, I mentioned these people are like scholars, but they had a very uh, more than one person actually. A lot of them mm-hmm. had a very emotional reaction to it, and of course, again, these were historians. You know, these were sociologists, these were activists mm-hmm. and journalists that, again, rigor well, quote unquote, rigorously and emphatically reminded us of what happened during that event. But at the same time, yeah, they, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, they they leave it as is, you know, prop it up. And I think, you know, I'm reminded, of course, I've been reading like Karl Popper recently, mm. you know, and the distinction between like science and pseudoscience. Mm. Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I remember correctly, uh, like science is actually looking for disproving or mm. checking if you are wrong, verifying if you're wrong. Mm. So it, the the more it disproves, the more scientific and the more that it tells you about a certain phenomenon. Mm. It's pseudoscientific when someone actually looks for evidence uh, mm. to prove 
their claims because you would be able to find it anywhere. And the example he uses mm. is Sigmund Freud. Na parang basta akala niya ay, tungkol sa ano, nanay at tatay niya. Basta, ah, ganyan, ganyan, ganyan. So he would read into the, the case studies of his patients. Say, oh, it's about your mother, it's about your father, mm. etc. So, or it's penis envy. Mm. <laughs> parang, ha? <laughs> it's, that's why Freud was so lampooned. But again, the, um, it's what It's the example that Karl Popper used as pseudoscience. So, and I, I actually remember a lot of our political science like mm. education. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but at least I remember some projects wherein when we write research papers, we do our, we are asked to <clears throat> look for information that mm. uh, again props up a particular argument. You know, mm. we're trying to make argumentative papers, mm. but that is distinct again for from. Uh, from scientific, scientific, yeah, yeah, yeah. scientific, it is, yeah. it's a bad habit. But it is a bad habit. Um, well, before that, I think I want to also bring up that I think it's also, well, the culture of debate isn't necessarily scientific because you're trying to win from mm. uh, you're trying to assert a particular argument despite not being like being wrong. I think debate is actually it's not well, the debate culture. It is anti-scientific. It's pseudo-scientific. No, 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 yeah, no, no. no. Yeah. It's, it's anti-scientific. Mm. That's one thing. It's an- no, okay. Uh, reg- reg- my just my rejoinder on Popper. Uh, his mm. arguments on falsification has its own limits. So mm. I need to qual. No, the, I I need to make my peace with falsification. Uh, mm. It's not about falsification per se. Mm. Uh, that's my response to Popper. But it is about this mentality. Because right. I, I think underneath the argument provided by Popper, and again, reflecting on other non-Popperian epistemology, so you have uh, mm. the likes of Imre uh, Lakatos uh, would be there so, uh, alongside the bloody hell is this uh, uh, Fireband, Paul Fireband. So, Fireband. Yeah. So uh, they shifted the concern, not with falsification per se, not with the data, because again, mm. data doesn't have any inherent interpretation. Mm-hmm. Any data can there data can provide you the ceiling of interpretations, but doesn't mm-hmm. have any specific inherent interpretation. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, for our listeners, what they can pick up from this episode is this: right, pursue questions instead of mm-hmm. pursuing answers. I think that's the right. essence uh, between Popper, Firebend, and Lakatosh. You pursue questions because if you start pursuing mm-hmm. answers, you would find answers whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, or wherever you want. So, yeah. and anyway, it's a slippery slope to cognitive bias. So, if, but if you pursue a question, if you keep a question open, uh, you would open yourself up to different types of data that may falsify or modify your argument. But you would open yeah. yourself, and then you would open your arguments to further questions mm. because you would never settle with a single argument. Right. You know, I, I actually, I mean, it's funny. I remember like the idiomatic expression, you know, when someone says, oh, that just gives me more questions than answers. Well, for us, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's but a, that's... not just, yeah. I mean, it's not really, not just any more, like mm. me, more questions. Yeah. It means that these questions are like refined, like from yeah. like why to like why yeah. this or why that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, at least it gives you a choice. Like maybe we can give them an example. Like you can have an example. No, we're, we're more regarding that one. Is a good uh, thing. I, yeah. I, I don't want to say that it's exclusive to us. Uh, mm. This is something that is being practiced. I I, I hope in optimistically. Science. Optimistically speaking, this would be practiced mm-hmm. in the sciences and yeah, mm-hmm. social sciences and the hard sciences as well. So I think mm-hmm. the difference between us and other disciplines regarding public affairs is right. that we are applying such discontent, you know, right. 
discontent with answers to politics. And this is something that mm. they do not practice. They can practice it on their own disciplines, I think. Right. Uh, the best mm. historians are the ones who would keep questions alive instead of mm. you know, uh, simply providing a simple picture of history. So they would always keep the question that, oh, is, this, is this what really happened? Is this what really happened? Right. So I would give that to historians. That's their that, that's that's what their disciplines are. It's about. Mm. But the problem is if they, I don't know. If, again, they're easy to settle with political convictions. Yeah. But for us, when we speak of public affairs, it's the same thing. Is it actually right. the essence of things? Is it actually what it is? Mm. Well, I, that's funny that you mentioned the different. I, I would call it epistemic positions or epis- mm. epistemic roles of each. Discipline, you know, each of that is different. I, I mean, it's weird because there is this, techni- I mean, there's this overarching <clears throat> culture push, being pushed forward, of course, in our universities and, and most universities of multidisciplinary approaches, sometimes yeah. interdisciplinary approaches, which is not inherently a bad thing, hmm. uh, but sometimes you lose sight of, again, uh, what are our roles? And, and sometimes mm. people are excited, for example, to say something relevant about a political event, mm. whether it be sociology, social psychology, or like history. Like mm. sometimes it, it kind of becomes redundant, you know, mm. uh, like people, too many people are speaking on this particular thing. Uh, and I think, I, I don't know, I, I usually get bothered I, I don't, uh, without referring to the specific source. I, I, I think this is true about a lot of historians. Mm. Uh, perhaps you can help uh, correct me, but a lot of, a lot of them tend to be, you know, well, this is particularly true with the ones that I, uh, that I uh, interacted with. They also had a tendency to moralize using, of course, historical narratives of martial law, of EDSA, etc. This is the history of EDSA, therefore blank, which again is not inherently a bad thing, but I, I've always felt iffy about it. No, it is. It, felt it is. Like, it is. It yeah, is a bad uh-huh. thing <laughs> because how can, can you moralize? Historians moralize. Yeah. Can uh, they can anyone can moralize? <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah. But if you simply Should moralize they? using uh-huh. or, or or based on the presumption that a historical mm-hmm. fact has a specific moral behind it, mm-hmm. then that is first and foremost you ignore not only the 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 the, the discipline of ethics. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have an entire discipline on philosophy right. regarding concerning mm-hmm. ethics, which so is concerned with uh, trying to extract what is good and what is bad. Right. Uh, on a certain circumstance, so mm. do not. Uh, is it inherently bad? Yes, because you you're you're, you're short circuiting the process. Mm. Okay, for example, uh, let's a troubling example would be you look at the death count of how many people mm. were killed under martial law. Uh-huh. The the basic human reaction is it's bad. Mm. The problem is it's not the reaction shared. By others, so mm. how, how how do you? That's the thing. If it's not the re, if it's not the reaction shared by others, and mm. if you think that your reaction is the only thing that is valid, mm. then confrontation and unnecessary conflict yeah. would come in. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where we this is where political psychology can come in. We need we can mm-hmm. explain why people don't react the same way to the same fact. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the, the supporter, Marcos apologists, they are familiar with death counts. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're familiar with death counts. Mm-hmm. They know that people were killed. They can excuse mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Can the historian answer why they can excuse it? Or will they mm-hmm. simply, you know, 
will they simply say eh, those are bad people for excusing other people's death mm. so if you take the latter path then you would now have a bunch of ordinary citizens equally powerless yeah. bashing mm-hmm. each other and right. who benefits the very people who benefited from those deaths mm. but if you try to understand why apologists can excuse death mm-hmm. then you can find not only middle ground but you can right. you can transcend existing moral positions yeah so i yeah. mean i i yeah <clears throat> i i don't want to like bash the discipline of history but i think they they would be able to answer that question but their tools would be different like for example they would find perhaps a journal or perhaps a in, an interview a document that would uh that would show said um well that would so again explain a sentiment but again it could be it's not i mean the tools <clears throat> of history <clears throat> can only answer a question like that yeah on, for, to a certain extent hmm. so yeah i think but i don't know i mean yeah the, the tools of political science is a bit a bit well again it's a bit deeper i think that's um i suppose that's the nature of the of the discipline which i want to get into and i think what one of the heated moments of that by policy episode was that when we discussed like again the social role of mm. political scientists and what one, <clears throat> one thing that we couldn't figure out was whether or not like political science science can well mm. should necessarily well i think we could agree you and i both agreed on this is that political science it's political scientists thrive and thus have a responsibility to maintain mm. a democratic society you know so in other words um if for well in in such a well since we're in a season of the democratic a particular democratic process I mean the elections so what is our role in elections if we can expand on that yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah so especially when right now uh, people are choosing sides mm. you know strongly whether it be out of the process of thinking emotional mm. attachment etc people mm. are choosing sides so therefore I, I suppose one question i want to ask based on that is what are the valid um, what are the valid options for political scientists? Hmm. I mean, can they openly support a particular candidate? Would they lose their scientific, hmm. uh, well, angle or objectivity hmm. over it? So, what do you think about yeah. that? The the allegiance hmm. of political yeah, yeah. scientists, like yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, just some. Who last... are we loyal to? Okay, yeah. uh, before I move on to that one, some just some last points on yeah. you know toolkits regarding hmm. moralizing. Uh, right. For any historian who is keen on, you know, uh, arguing for political conviction or arguing their political convictions, uh, it's not because they are not equipped per se, but there there are available tools that will allow them to moralize more effectively, to convince mm-hmm. others. And you can only convince thought- others in psychology first and foremost. How the hell do you mm-hmm. confront someone with set attitudes and values that are opposite right. your own? You can only discover that one if you study psychology. That's that's basically right. why I'm into political psychology. Yeah. So it's it's not because your tools are lacking, but there are tools that you need to have in order for you to convince more effectively. Instead of you know mm-hmm. just shouting at people, and shouting at people doesn't work, even if you're right. Mm-hmm. And I admit, fine, <laughs> people dying under regime is bad, but yeah. shouting at it, shouting that conviction to other people will not convince them. You know, you're not mm-hmm. helping the cause. Right. Anyway, uh, going back to whether we are, should we choose a side? Hmm. Mm. Well, we are all citizens. We are multidimensional. We are citizens. We mm-hmm. choose a side. 
as citizens. But as political scientists, we need to, you know, uh, we need to be prepared mm -hmm. to analyze that side without mercy. And that is the great burden for political mm -hmm. scientists if they want to join into public affairs. Yes, right. uh, I, I think anyone can choose a side. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I chose not to, and that's my side. Mm -hmm. Anyone can, any political scientist can be partisan. I will not say that they should not. As, as I've said in the uh, Why Paul's episode, they should. They yeah. should choose a side. Yeah. But to reiterate, they must be prepared to analyze that side without mercy, you know, mm -hmm. to subject themselves and, you know, their colleagues and whoever their idol is mm -hmm. to scrutiny. Mm. In, uh, if you cannot do that, then bleh, you, you just lost your pulse I had. Mm. So it's not the fact that you chose a side. It's mm, like yeah. how you are on that side. Because if you're yeah. an uncritical member, yeah, then that means that's when you lose it. Now, I remember since we're handling you know, ideology, um, of course, again, I think we, we, we settled that ideology, mm. we did not be absent of it. In fact, it's probably impossible. Yeah, it's, it's, in fact, well, we can. This is another thing that we can actually mm. deal with, which is it, like a lot of people say, objectivity is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I, uh, heard I mean, that. I heard that in one of the spaces. <laughs> yeah, and like, mm, no. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we we can talk about that. But how? I mean, how do we remain? You know, how objective can we be? Okay. And what does, uh, yeah. What does objectivity mean? Yeah. You know, he says, Have you, objectivity is a myth. Uh, no, it's not. Absolute objectivity yeah. may be a myth, but objectivity is not. Yeah. But to be objective is to allow the object to unfold. Mm. Okay, so uh, because that object can also be a subject in its own in its own right. Yeah. You, you allow it, you, you allow it to be to unfold on its own, meaning you, you mm -hmm. if you're gathering data, uh, the manifestation of being objective is that you don't exclude observations mm. you don't exclude any piece of data for example if something is happening then you record yeah. the event as much as accurate as you must as, as you must okay mm. so so that's you letting the object unfold on its own uh, instead mm. of you nitpicking on what you want mm. to see yeah okay so a holistic person so if you would look at edsa as an event you're not only going to look at edsa in edsa you would also look at what happened in other countries of course there are mm -hmm. uh, similar protests in other cities uh, other major right. cities we need to recognize that one but there are also counter protests even in edsa mm. itself and there are yeah. also planned counter protests in the north so how would how, mm. how do you make sense of that yeah so and yeah uh, that's how being objective in relation to an object right but i think another practice of objectivity I, I don't know if you practice this one is you know criticize your own ideas mm. Oh, hell yeah. That's why, I don't know, a lot of them don't make it into paper. <laughs> That's how some people... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know, reg yeah. regarding that one, I, I have my I response to that one. According to Ortega y Gazette, uh, mm. the reason why Socrates never wrote anything is that he devoted his life to thinking. And when you start and writing, writing. Yeah. and when you start writing, you reify your thoughts. Mm. So Socrates decided to just keep his thoughts, you know, close to him. 
so he will not write. Yeah, I think I remember this quote from Nietzsche. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that which we can find words for mm. are for feelings that are dead in our hearts. Yeah, mm. you are you familiar with that? I don't know. Yeah. I, again, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, if we're able to say it into words or maybe write it into words, mm. then it's something that's already dead in our hearts. <laughs> so the, the, he didn't it's, want it's, to do that. Do you want? Do you want to document? Is that? Yeah, one? yeah. It is. It is. Uh, it's, it's, it's from the gay science. I'll, I'll double check where. Maybe I don't know. Uh, anyway. But but uh, Hegel would. Uh, it's part of human existence to alienate ourselves from our mm. products. So it's part of mm. human nature to you know create objects that are no yeah. longer us, but they are products of yeah. us. That's why we we write. Yeah, but like uh, how sometimes you revisit poetry that you wrote like years ago. Like who is and this then cringe. Guy? <laughs> and yeah. then cringe. And then cringe. That's how or alienated like how some you are. Pe- or some people. <laughs> who wrote songs about their heartbreak, now they don't recognize the person that wrote that song sometimes. I think even... Like, hey. uh, was it Elvis? I No, it wasn't his song, but yeah. Anyway, that's another Elvis movie coming out. No, uh, but, so objectivity is not a myth. It's just being able to criticize our own. I think we've said this several times. Yeah, right? criticize our own and it, letting yeah. the object that you're looking at unfold, unfold yeah. on its own on its own. So. Yeah. On its own, yeah. unfold. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, and besides, objectivity cannot be discussed without subjectivity. So, mm-hmm. uh, subjectivity is the unfolding. <laughs> subjectivity is the unfolding. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but in terms of, so it can be any side, you can be part of Lenny's side or Isko side yeah. or Bongbong side, even, and still be scientific. No, um, no, no. It's you being a citizen. You it's are a political uh-huh. scientist if you yeah. can criticize. Right. And you know, regarding criticism, regarding criticism I just found an example mm-hmm. of steel manning. Yeah. Uh, since you're in favor of that technique, steel manning. Mm. Actually, it came from Popper, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Well, Aquinas, but then, of course, Popper later but, but, down the line. But, yeah. Yeah, but Popper used it for criticism itself. So mm. uh, what Popper did in the poverty of historicism was that he he provided first and foremost a steel manned uh, definition of what historicism is. What are the basic ideas behind historicism? Why is it valid right. um, before criticizing it? So I think that's another technique to yeah. try to criticize your own camp. You try to mm-hmm. steel man it, that would be easy for you. And then you try to break it down. Right. Try to find holes. In Pretty it. soon we should. Yeah, we should steal man like all the political camps right now. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, next, but time, next time. Next time. Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm not sure if it's, we can like move it to this side, but I think this has been. Um, well, I think we've done what we can do here. But I think another point of contention that I still find interesting is, um, you, your defining of politics as defining friends and enemies mm. and of course i agree that everyone does it since political scientists are also citizens but how would you imagine of course the system or mechanics that's what mm. i was i was trying to um i was trying to get out of you in the episode itself but mm. i think we i spent too much time on of course what does it actually mean but mm. what would a what would political scientists involved in the declaration of like friends and enemies look like in like such a society like okay. i imagine it be like this like of course being 
like the state sci- uh, political scientists maybe mm. and they would they'd be but that would be make them inquisitors wouldn't they that's yeah. what i was also that's basically that invoked yeah. that's yeah. that's our task you know uh, uh-huh. we're supposed to be inquisitors and that, i think that's the task of academics in their respective fields to be inquisitors but uh, i think we are the more aggressive one in terms of politics how will it go well, uh, I think we can go with specific examples. For example, with the issue of governance. Mm. Okay, with the issue of governance, what are the public enemies of governance? Inefficiency, mm. ineffectiveness, mm. corruption, right. graft, red tape. These are public enemies. Right. Okay. Uh, and then it's, I think it's being implicitly done, but it must be explicit now. I think the mm. time is ripe because this is the, this is our, you know, this is the current political psyche. The right. Filipinos are now looking for pub enemies and friends. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and sadly, they are turning against each other. Ordinary citizens are mm. turning against each other. So right. I think it's the task of political scientists to start identifying the actual public enemies based on right. their understanding of the fundamentals. So mm-hmm. we're not petty moralizing here. Yeah. But again, remember it. This is, of course, presuming that, again, these inquisitors are in a democracy, not necessarily in a authoritarian state. Because actually, if you realize authoritarian state inquisitors, more or less they can define anyone they don't like as a, or anything they don't like as an enemy, you know, yeah, they don't yeah, like that's... this person or they don't like, for example, mm. the, you remember the Mikado? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Gilbert and Sullivan, Lord High Executioner, they have this thing. I have a little list, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he would cite people who did things as benign as uh, what you call that, different versions, people who lip sync, you know, people who uh, whistle too much or something, even as petty as that. I think it is, yeah. But the question I'm going for is, in a way, is that part right? And if not, you know. How do we prevent that from happening? Okay, in um, a democratic society. Yeah, then that would depend on democratic political scientists, because uh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's now in the realm of interacting with the system itself. So if yes. you have an authoritarian system, if you have an authoritarian system, then that system would determine who are the public enemies and who are the public friends. And you know, intellectuals in intellectuals in uh, authoritarian states, they are bound to declare as public enemies what state institutions declares public mm-hmm. enemies but right. as long as you are in a democratic society then you can now define public enemies and public friends in relation to democratic principles mm. so in the end uh, you don't declare ordinary citizens as enemies because they're basically the, the people <laughs> so mm-hmm. if it's the right. people you don't declare the people as, as the enemy so and then right. uh, you will have more democratic standards. You can declare mm-hmm. the corrupt, you can declare the uh, the power hungry, you can declare tyrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in the Roman Republic, the public enemy is not the dictator because the dictator's public office. The public mm-hmm. enemy is the tyrant. Mm-hmm. When, when they started calling Caesar a tyrant, that's when shit happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, again, it depends on, again, uh, but in the Philippines, we have an oligarchic system, which is relatively yeah. democratic, relatively mm. democratic. So we still have enough space. Mm-hmm. We still have enough space. But I think at this point, the problem is, since we are, since we are in an oligarchic system, we have competing oligarchs, mm-hmm. there is a temptation for academics to declare specific oligarchs as public mm-hmm. enemies. Right. But not 
mention other oligarchs that they are siding with mm. or other elites that they're siding with. So in an elite democracy, that's the result. You have specific sectors of the academe declaring as public enemies, specific elites, and you have other sectors of the academe declaring other elites <laughs> as public mm-hmm. So, kinakalatkat sila sa away ng Yeah, so it's just elite. people pointing fingers. So, is that is that ideal? No, because how, that, that's I mean, not a democratic. That's not a democratic. Uh, okay, democratic how does politics. a democratic system work? Yeah. Democratic politics would, well, again, people versus anti-democratic forces. So basically, are. oligarchs are supposed to be the targets. Uh-huh. Since they're, they're the ones deploying inequality in wealth to produce uh-huh. inequality, not only in wealth, but also to perpetuate inequalities in power. Mm. So, so yeah, no, 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 I, I just read the book on liberalism, the handbook. And uh, the mm. curious thing that one of the historians said there was illiberalism, uh, liberalism, <laughs> liberalism from its very conception was elitist. <laughs> so so uh, mm-hmm. liberal democracy is a ripe ground for so liberal know. democracy is elitist? Liberalism. Or, or illiberalism. No, liberal. Liberalism. Liberalism. Itself. L. Liberalism. Yeah. Yeah. Liberalism itself had been in, in its very existence throughout its history, elitist. Because it's always mm. it's always the argument of the quote unquote better people. So because well, that, if they believe that, why would they well if that if it's elitist, why would they believe in an idea where everyone is equal, even the poorest one? In fact, I think the that liberal that's, victim would be the vote of like a senator is the same as the vote of a janitor. Yeah, that, that's Isn't the that that's that's the marriage between liberalism and democracy. Uh-huh. Which is not which is not sustainable as we are watching right now. Uh, okay you're watching right now so yeah like i think for an to make an example i if you notice a lot of well people are wondering why bombo marcos is leading in all of the surveys up until now despite being absent in the debates it's probably not necessarily because of well deep ideological thought or rationalization perhaps some of them maybe have Mm. thought it out and find him to be a good leader but maybe it's just because for one thing a lot of the Again, this is just an observation. Perhaps you can corroborate if you oh. share the same observation. They actually uh, hate Lenny more than they actually like Bongbo. So as long as they can beat Lenny or people like Lenny mm. or like people so-called or Adilawan mm. or maybe anyone else, they would vote for someone else, just not not Lenny. Mm. And for a lot of people, that's Bongbo. Or sometimes mm. it's their way of saying, alam naman ni, alam naman nila na si para sa mga mayayaman si Lenny or something mga elitista mm. mga edukado mm. so it's probably a kind of resentment being manifested here yeah uh, yeah so you share that same you share that same uh, observation Me, I, I mean, yeah. yeah within the village dito parang puro Lenny pero it's a village solid BBM so parang is this class moral politics na naman yeah I think so uh and uh, as far as the it is long time coming first and mm-hmm. foremost uh, we have a leader centric society right. and uh, the Edsa regime had failed to eliminate the leaders this leader centric tendency mm. so ordinary citizens are now projecting their disdain of mm-hmm. self-righteous elites mm. right uh, to BBM, 
So they look at BBM as this embodiment of everything that is mm-hmm. not not uh, yeah. anti elite, anti self righteous. Yeah. He's not think... educated. He is not <laughs> part of the establishment. Oh, di ba? Wala siya nagawa. Di ba? Ano yung day? Di ba? He's everything <clears throat> completely different from the elite. The elitist, uh, you know. And then it's, it's, it's yet, yet he is an elite, and they can excuse that one mm-hmm. because everything because, else. Because we, he's because just we like are, them. <laughs> because we, because we are leader centric, and uh, mm. the the regime didn't do anything to eliminate that tendency. Mm. We still need. We cannot envision the Philippines without, mm. you know, leaders. Can mm. should we? I think I would leave that question. Should we envision? You know, the the yeah. ideal democratic system is when representatives are dispensable. Right. Mm. Uh, anyway, so you know, yeah, my, it long time coming first and foremost, yeah. and uh, moralizing is not helping the case. Right. Although, although. I have to ask, say, you know, how is, for example, your alignment with Schmidt's identification of friends and enemies mm. different from moralizing? Is it in a way also moralizing? Yeah, it is. What's what's the difference? What is how is it better? Just first and foremost, it is directed at what the public good is on one on one hand and on the mm. other. You know, uh, how, my how alignment, is moralizing my, my, not my, directed my, at the public my, good? Uh, Okay, Smith is describing what politics is. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, he's describing what politics is. It's, he's not describing what politics should be, mm-hmm. and that's the same argument that I'm. This is what is happening now. I'm. I'm not right. saying that this is what we should do. I'm just saying that this uh-huh. hap- This is what hap- This is what's happening right now. We we, ju- right. we just need to make it explicit so we can have space, mm. so that we can use our scientific inquiries. Yeah. To determine public enemies and public friends. Right. So, as of now, graft and corruption is still the public enemy because it is still, mm. you know, it is still dragging All our the candidates finances. disagree, even yeah. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. It's dragging our finances down. Yeah, yeah. Will, it, will corruption and graft cease to be public enemies? Yes, if it is minimized. Then mm. as a political scientist, if that happens, then I would stop declaring corruption as a public enemy. Or the corrupt yeah. as public enemies. If they're is not yeah, eliminated. If, if they can be eliminated, then that's better. But if they can, they're if they're minimized, then they're no longer, uh, you know, a primary public yeah. enemy. Then mm-hmm. something else may occur. Mm. So any any uh, yeah. Again, politics is a space for again moral politics. We really cannot mm. remove moral politics from mm. the picture. Sure. And uh, what but Schmidt moralizing. is moralizing. What, yeah. What what Schmidt is just saying is no one has. Uh, it is. It is a necessary feature of politics, mm. but no one has uh, an, a monopoly on it. And mm-hmm. that political scientists, and this is what I'm saying right now, the political scientists have a room, a space to help determine. I'm not even saying determine, but I'm saying help determine public enemies and public friends. Mm. So you're saying we should... Maybe should there be like a new department of political scientists of enemies and friends or what is ideal integration? What is an ideal integration of political scientists into the government or state, like in the democratic society? How do we engage that? How do we engage with that one? Or how should we be integrated into that? Should, should we be technocrats? Yeah, hmm. that's the question there. Should we be technocrats? I think we should. I think the public admin peeps can be should be technocrats but political uh-huh. scientists 
I think political scientists we are not supposed to be within government. Wait, wait, isapa yon? What? How mm. would you differentiate political scientists from public administration, uh, public administration people? You know, I hey, hey, these hey. are one is the subgenre of another. Yeah. Or hey, how hey, would hey, you hey. distinguish that? Yeah. <laughs> Spin off. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. But public admin is uh, it leans more to again organizational stuff. Uh, it yeah, leans so more to they ex- they, they yeah. explain for the sake of execution. Mm-hmm. Okay, while political scientists we explain for the sake of you know not not necessarily execution. We can also help with that one. That's why we also we also engage with governance, but we explain for the sake of explaining further. That's our task. Albeit we meet in the middle. I actually use the word understanding, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we explain for the sake of explaining further, and that's uh-huh. that's more catchy. I have my own slogans. So? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. I have my own slogans. You do you? Mm. But public at kasi uh, they explain so that they can execute, you know, public. But, so we should be so public admin inside government technocrats. Yeah. yeah. But political scientists not. So yeah. how then should they listen to us then? What the hell? Should we just like publish a post on Facebook or just wave around? It's like hello, uh, nail it on the door. Like how then? <clears throat> But I think what our task is to be facilitators between. Okay. Uh, ideally, ideally, if we have a technocrat, uh, if we have a technocrat right. oriented government, meaning mm. we have actual academics in power with actual power, yeah. uh, mm. then political scientists can serve as facilitators between them and right. uh, civil society entities and ordinary right. citizens so we are here mm. to lay down the political space we're the we're the guardians mm. of the political space we facilitate oh, wow. the political space a platonic <laughs> uh, no, guardian we, class oh, I know. oh shit i'm a closet platonist <laughs> mm. <laughs> forget the closet my goodness okay it's it's a difficult job of course because yeah. we uh, we are there to facilitate varying interests. So right, uh, but you did use like Sir Kiko and Sir Ador as uh, examples. So in other words, we exist in think tanks. But I yeah. guess what I what I see is, of course, just build our case, build our knowledge, build our mm. database, and then advertise ourselves to governments. Because I think you know the schools and governments and institutes. Yeah. I think if you have a proper name, a proper reputation, mm. then the government will come to come to you. Yeah, I think that's one thing that, um, wow, that's one thing they're doing right. Even say our friend Robin Garcia. Oh my goodness, <laughs> they're in, the, in that league. He's probably doing that. But yeah, so we're philosophers who need like PR, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm just a philosopher. I don't need PR yeah. at this point. I'm just or if kind you, of security. <laughs> if you're, if you don't have the money for a think tank, eh, the podcast lang, de ba? Parang ganito. So, yeah, kung nakikinig kayo, di sige, baka naman. Diba? Yeah, if it's the students, who knows? Uh-uh. There are students who are planning to be part of the government. So. Oh, isa pa to. Political science training for politicians. Do politicians need to be political scientists? Mm, they need, I think, do they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that is a that is another question. Why policy or say for example future politicians? Hmm. I think they need enough so that they can understand us. Uh, they I think need to respect us at least. Uh, no, they, they, we we would earn that, but at least uh, they they get to understand that to understand, well, understand us. Like why we, why we're necessary. Uh, no, no, not, or, not, and, not mm. no, 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 not, 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 not understand that we're necessary. We, we don't need to, we don't need to show off that we are necessary. We need to show 
that we are a credible source of analyzing public yeah. affairs. Kaya nga may mga, that's why political scientists can also be political advisors or political yeah. marketing entities. So consultants, yeah. Uh, should politicians know? They should know enough. Right. Because we, Actually, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're the ones tasked to have the substantial knowledge and to simplify. Mm. Mm. And their their task is to understand the simplification and to translate mm-hmm. it into policy. Mm-hmm. Basically, in between public ad and political science. Yeah. I think, well, the basic answer to that is more or less the same as the citizen. They get the same skills that the citizen needs, mm. basically critical thinking, mm. the, the fundamentals. Um, but of course, perhaps more than the average citizen, but more or yeah. less around that mm. much. Yeah. But you're saying they're not necessarily political scientists because they are attached to politics. You think there's is it possible to be too close to politics? No, for a political scientists. No, no, no. It's not. It's not impossible to be. Too, we're already in it, and uh-huh. uh, it, it, is, like it, it, it is quite delusional to say that we're not. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're surrounded by convictions. We're surrounded by this discourse. We're mm-hmm. we're surrounded by well, in due time, we'll probably be surrounded by killings. But political killings. But we're in it. So there's no mm. such thing as being too close into politics because we are in it. Uh, yeah. How close are we to the heart of power? That's a, that's a different question altogether. Yeah. Ideally, ideally, our discipline should be, ideally, our discipline should disappear. You know, mm. all citizens must have, ideally, must have equal capacity to do political scientific analysis, probably in mm. the far future. Oh. All citizens should have our, not only our skill set, but our mentality of not leaving uh-huh. A stone unturned because it is mm-hmm. easy to convey our techniques. It is easy to convey methods. Mm-hmm. It is easier. It is easier is to it? do that. It is. It is easier to do that in, in comparison to conveying a mentality of mm. constant doubt because that mm. goes against the grain of you know primal human nature. Mm. So yeah, we need to have to carry that, you know. Mm. constancy of doubt it's harder to teach than our methods Any, anyone can well, do research but not anyone can well, I don't <laughs> think it's our job to put it in it's just I think we need to turn it on because I I think all humans are capable of doubt it's within us yeah, anxiety but, uh, sadly they, yeah sadly they can deploy it in unscientific fashion or counter mm. <laughs> fashion that is really counter to knowledge for example just uh, doubting something while sparing others from doubt. Mm. That's basically what Mar- Marcus Apologies and Bibian supporters do. Oh. They doubt the other camp. They doubt everything yeah. said by the other camp, but they don't doubt themselves. Flat mm. earthers, they mm-hmm. doubt the information that they receive from the government, which is to an extent uh, justified by the presence of a large, you know, opaque state, but they will not dare doubt their own conclusions. And just as I discovered that even the so-called educated thinking pink uh, uh, camp, as intelligent and educated and affluent as they are, they're also capable of the same sins. Like, for example, when you tease the that it ends as not revolution or something like that, then <clears throat> they're capable of the same rage. and <laughs> Allergic, sano? Allergic sa tanong. Offensiveness. Mm, allergic sa tanong. Yeah. And not, not all ah, well. questions are offensive to the person that's the problem with having political convictions that's the risk mm, of right. having political convictions you tie mm. a conviction to your person 
So mm-hmm. anything about that conviction that can be questioned, you consider this an attack on you, which is just not true. You know, I, I'll give you an example of another time when I was attacked on Twitter, and it's something so stupid. <laughs> like, for example, do you remember that Cher was showing support all of a sudden with uh, for Lenny Verbrando? Because mm. like it also been saying uh, people posting about Lenny and said, I don't know Lenny. And then someone said, she's the next president of the Philippines. And then she's a woman mm. candidate. And then she said, oh, that's great. You know, let if you want something done right, let women do it. And women deserve rights, etc. And of course, that's all great and good. Uh, and the weird thing is that some people were saying, you know, is it like, okay, major hyperbolic at all. Is mm. it really uh, legal for a foreigner to comment or possibly influence uh, <laughs> actions like this? And I'm like, uh, I think it's well. Some people are saying, I actually, I kind of, I, I actually said, well, I mean, it's just fun in games, but I don't mm-hmm. think people will. Tavico, that people, yeah, I agree with you that people should decide regardless of what Cher says, <laughs> and because of that last part, regardless of what Cher said, said, oi KJ ka grabe, just let us enjoy that Cher supports Lenny. I'm like, <laughs> see, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't really. What I said was like. <laughs> Something true, you know. We would people would vote well if you wanted to vote for Len, they would vote for Len regardless of what Cher said, you know. So, KJ, is that what you want to end on? Because questions, questions, we okay. This is my philosopher's side kicking in. This is the tragedy of philosophy. We are as. Socrates would say gadflies, but we're fatter mm. gadflies who are actually irritate people. Uh-huh. Questions, no, questions uh, that one does not generate. Mm. They don't trigger any positive reaction. <laughs> they just mm. don't. Especially like you're not there to please <clears throat> a crowd. Yeah. yeah, we are not here to please the crowd. We're not yeah. here to pander to the crowd. Right. And uh, because... <sighs> You know, problem again. If we, if you start pandering to a crowd, you're just pandering mm-hmm. to a sector of the citizenry. Mm-hmm. We political scientists were concerned with the citizenry as a whole, mm-hmm. and that's the as great paradox of it. Okay, and that's a great paradox of it. We cannot pander yeah. to the crowd because we are concerned with its entirety, not with a single mm-hmm. sector. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, KJ. Is that a good note to end on? <laughs> KJ, tayo. KJ, map. Oh. Hey, yeah, again, it probably depends on because timing naman kasi pa. Killjoy ka nung kasi. Killjoy ka nung kasi. Hindi Paul sa yun. I wouldn't bother. Okay, personally, I wouldn't bother if they enjoying, you know, share, share, share mm-hmm. support on then. I, I would. It's, it's yeah. Our, our concern is on the fundamentals. Share is not well, it, even if she moment, sounds like I, that. <laughs> at that moment, I wasn't practicing political science, but I was just. Uh, demonstrating the sensitivity of the pinks and their equal of sensitivity of being like the BBM or whatever. In fact, I don't know. Parang chill lang yung mga ano, eh, ISCO supporters or Pinglacon supporters. Wow. I mean, I mean, I haven't <laughs> met any, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure it, it's not as violent, you know, as the the top two camps. I think. Hmm, so because so? yeah. That's another question for another time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do. I do one last one last doubt. I think with regards to let's go back to like enemies and friends. I think the reason mm. why I, I doubt that so much, besides of course 
mm. the fact that Carl Schmidt was a Nazi, is the <laughs> fact that when you okay, it depends on how you label friends and enemies. Yeah. Are they forever friends and enemies, or mm. are they certain actors who display a specific quote unquote attitude or behavior? Mm. So, in other words, <clears throat> are you are you referring to people? Or are you referring to, of course, their behaviors? Because otherwise, mm. they can become friends again or citizens again mm. if they yeah, stop yeah, yeah. that behavior, if yeah, they yeah, stop yeah. murdering, if they stop being corrupt, mm. etc. So, in, in other words, I I would prefer like a formulation that would separate, perhaps, hate the sin, not the sinner. Yeah, the, to an extent. From the cat, from my Catholic <clears throat> yeah. orientation. So, you know, what do you think about that? Like, yeah, that no, that's no, the no. source of my doubt, actually. No, I, I think. Uh, I would admit that one. Uh, that's also my misgiving about uh, Schmidt's definition. Right. Are we discussing specific sectors of society or are we discussing specific behaviors? Because Schmidt took it to the specific sector side. That's why he became a Nazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Jews! Yeah, basically, the, oh, yeah, kaya oh. Nga, yan, yan, eh. that's, that's another implication. But for my case, I will not take that yeah. path and I would agree with you. It would be about... Mm-hmm. Uh, the behaviors and attitudes that can Ideologies. damage, yeah, that yeah. can damage uh, the public good. What the public mm-hmm. good is, it depends on what kind of state you have. Mm-hmm. So, if you want the public good to be defined by right. uh, ordinary citizens, then you would have democracy. But if you want the public good defined by, you know, state institutions, then you would have an autocracy. Mm. So it's a it's a more complicated issue, really, regarding public friends and enemies, even if it's an. Yeah. If it, even if it's an important task, yeah, it is not easy to conduct. Mm-hmm. Yet we are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. But it's you know this kalat kalate, and it ends mm-hmm. up it it ends up ordinary citizens whacking each other. Yeah, yeah. Kaya dapat civic religion. Yeah, I don't know. That's my conservative side kicking in the Roman Republic. You know, with the Brumaire. <laughs> Yeah, you should call months Brumaire. I mean, the, I mean that the highest office in the Roman Republic was the Pontifex Maximus, which is the uh, which is the the highest religious office. Yeah. So it's you determining appointments, basically determining who's who's worthy <laughs> mm. to be government officials. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, Actually, it's, yeah, I think it's the same. We 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 need to have a basis of like the standards of mm. like what you said, citizens, like mm. Filipino citizenship, mm. and of course politicians. <clears throat> so I think it's all down the line. There, we need to figure out uh, what are the standards are, and that's that's determined by principles. And I think we should yeah. work on identifying that. And that's, but I think yeah, I think yeah. Go ahead. Uh, that is where the Lenin supporters have missed it. They have mm. the opportunity. But yeah. they the the conduct of their communication is just way off. So they instead, I, I think, on hindsight, on hindsight, what they should have done is to focus on corruption itself, not on the mm. Marcoses. If they mm. wanted to convince the Marcos apologists or BBM supporters, <laughs> then they should have focused on questioning how, on God's name, can they excuse? Right. Is it? Nung katauhan ni BBM mismo, eh, malamang ma- nakakaway mga tao eh. Kasi hmm. di naman nila alam kung anong ginawa niya. Oh, wala siyang ginawa. So it's not, so it's like, 
yung kung pagkatao ng BBM eh di may karatuan sila itanggol niyo <laughs> nila niya yeah, di ba yeah, and, but and again we, we, we're judges based on <clears throat> yeah there we go I see I think yeah if you put it that way I think they basically they, perpetuated our leader centric tendencies which yeah. is the very yeah. anti-democratic uh, root of all this shit right. show so focus on again corruption actions and the behaviors. principles <clears throat> yeah. yeah behaviors and not the person yeah okay Oof. the persons you can find after you establish the sanctity of such behaviors right you can find the criminals okay <clears throat> Actually, I think parang nakalatag yung raw na to it's not that raw but it is we've been brewing again all of our raw episodes we've been brewing for a while so we, you know, oh. we basically know what uh, yeah. the main arguments to be said mm. no, I mean, oh. I'm just disappointed about how the Lenny camp you know bungled the moral politics dimension of it so instead of bungling hindi pa tapos yeah and it's done they, they bungled no, you it. Think they're, so? they're, stuck, they're stuck with it mm. they would keep on attacking the leader hence perpetuating yeah. the leader centric nature of politics in the Philippines yeah anyway well I okay but I press something we can end on and I think ultimately I, maybe you can engage with this is ultimately the allegiance of the political scientists it's not leaders or ideologies mm. or sectors mm. but democracy would you agree with that our allegiance is to democracy uh, our allegiance is to the public good mm. uh, should we be democratic and that's a choice for mm. political scientists that's an, that's an additional layer okay uh, should political scientists choose to be democratic or not But again, I think the focus is our allegiance is to the to something, you know, it's not on specific leaders. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I need to make clear. Okay. As political scientists or groups. Yeah, yeah, or groups. It must mm-hmm. be to the public good. And whatever that public good is, that's yeah. that's a great uh, absurdity of this entire mm-hmm. endeavor, which is we need to rethink and rethink what the public good is. We need to renegotiate it over and over again after reestablishing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, but I suppose you know, can, yeah. Personally, my allegiance is to the truth. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> the and, and and the truth I cannot I cannot grasp. So yeah, I, I don't wow. I don't hold any. Socrates, I know that I don't know nothing. <laughs> I, I know that I cannot know anything. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, wow, that's worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Okay, na yan. that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oras na. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's part two of on policy or white yeah, policy. White policy, yeah. And we'll just have I, it on white roll. I mean, I hope as more people, if not like just as many, you know, um, mm. would uh, uh, would tune into this. This is nice. This is nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we can discuss like defining that public good for the Philippines eventually in another mm. space. Yeah, but that's an election. <laughs> oh, but oh, but that's an election. Oh, okay. But well, until then, yeah, ideology, yeah. Muna. Oh. Well, we can Twitter space it. What is the public good if you want to debate some mm. people? You know, it's funny. Like I've been listening again, uh, BBM spaces, and they do have. Well, they do attempt to discuss what the public good is, what the nation is, what's good for the nation. The answer, of course, is for them BBM. But they are asking the right questions. Medyo iba lang sagot. Nakadikit pa rin kay BBM. Uh, which is, it's a start. <laughs> it's, it's just a start if they're asking the right questions. But again, yeah. they need to pursue the question, not the answer. Mm. And remember, science, again, disproves 
while pseudoscience actually proves your argument. So again, that's another thing, you know. We have to maybe we can call that like a popper podcast or popper popper is it popper popper we're a, paper, we're a paparian podcast. Man, I'm Hegelian. Uh, I can ah, read. Yeah, kanda lang magwing paper. Harry Popper. <laughs> oh, tama okay. na. So, sige. Okay, okay. so this is P.I. Raw. Thank you for joining yeah. us. I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Magandang gabi, mga ka-P.I. <laughs>